Hey folks from the flight deck, this is your captain speaking. Welcome to the Tailwinds and Sunshine podcast, where we talk everything aviation. I am your host, Manny Ramirez. It's always a pleasure to have you on board. So please sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Hey, boys and girls, welcome back to part two of three of episode six, where I have a conversation with my friend Daniel Sims regarding his aviation career. This part is even better. It just keeps getting better and better. Part two, and then the part three is going to be the grand finale of our conversation. Super cool. I'm really excited about that. hope you're as stoked as I am about this episode. Also, I want to take this opportunity to thank all of you for sharing the podcast with your friends and family, your coworkers, anyone really. That means a lot to me. We are growing. We are growing the podcast. Those downloads keep increasing. Those follows keep increasing. I really appreciate that. And also more genuinely, I mean, more if there, if I couldn't be any more genuine, or if I could be more genuine, I don't know. I don't even know what I'm talking about. I'm, I'm losing my mind. Don't you have to be stupid somewhere else? Until four. I really appreciate the direct messages on Instagram, the emails, the feedback you leave. That means the world to me. I love interacting with all of you to make sure that I make the Tailwinds and Sunshine podcast your podcast. Also, if you want to come on the show and have a chat with me, it doesn't matter. We'll plan it out. We have a nice, relaxing chat. It doesn't matter where you are in the world. Hit me up. The link is in the show notes so you can schedule your chat with me on the Tailwinds and Sunshine podcast. I really do appreciate that. Also, if you haven't done so, I appreciate it. Go into the platform where you're listening to this and leave a review and leave tap on that star, tap on that five star. Really appreciate a you know, five star review. That would be great. However, I'll take a four or three or two or one and leave some feedback on there. You know, we want to improve this podcast, we want to make it. Uh, the best, the best are out there. I want to make this a uh, great community. Now, if uh, and, I, and I do read those, by the way, I have taken some feedback from uh, some of uh, the comments left there, and I agree uh, as far as improve, making improvements to my the way <laughs> the way that I speak. I uh, I've been listening. I listen to my podcast more often. Off, I mean, obviously more than any of you because I need to make sure that it's good quality. But once I notice, I I, I just cringe. So anyways, but let's get uh, this uh, part two started, and I hope you like it as much as I do. Let's go. I just want to tell you both good luck. We're all counting on you. Speaking of airplanes, which is your favorite airplane of all time? (laughs) My favorite of all time, huh? Yeah. Oh, man. Dude, from my time in, you know, multi piston aircraft that that was really fun although um i can't say i'm a fan of the twin comanche itself um but i did like flying a multi uh, a small multi um but i think i would probably have to go with the uh the embryo 175 really would you look at that (laughs) yeah i know that's definitely well so far that's my favorite plane as well Mm -hmm. um dude it's just a beast uh, in inside and outside of the cockpit you know it is. It's a really nice plane. I've flown the PC-12. I've flown a PC-24, which is the Pilatus jet. But definitely the 175 takes the cake. Just yeah. it's it's such a nice plane. Um, it just makes for, life so much easier, you know. It, it does. And honestly, it's even really, it's great for passengers, honestly. It's really quiet. 
and it's got huge windows in the cabin. Yeah. Compared to other planes, even like the 7.3, I think, what has bigger windows than the the 175? I think the Dreamliner. Oh, I, I'm probably not the person to ask. <laughs> You've never flown in the Dreamliner? Um, not that I can think of, no, oh. honestly. Yeah, so the Dreamliner has pretty big windows. It has those windows that, you know, they they darken and they lighten up. I don't know what you call the technical term for that. But they actually, they're pretty big. They're, they're nice windows. But I can't think of a plane right off the top of my head besides, like, private jets, like the Global or the Gulfstream planes. They have bigger windows. But as far yeah. as commercial airliners, the 175 windows take the cake. Um, exactly. I recently flew on the, have you flown on the uh, Airbus A220? Or they call it the Canada bus? No, you're going to be disappointed with me because outside of my <laughs> job, <laughs> outside of my job, I don't do a whole lot of airline flying. <laughs> oh, my God. So the A220, outside of the flight deck, I think it's the Embraer is better. If anything, I've heard some Airbus A220 pilots say that the Embraer actually has a slight edge over the A220. Really? So I was like, huh. Interesting. I was like, all right. But at the the 175 is a really nice plane. It's a really capable aircraft, I think. And it's, it so, so it, it is my favorite. It is my favorite. So we have that in common as well, that we both like that plane. Is that, so your, now is that your favorite too? Your number yeah, one? Yeah, the 175. Yeah, the 175. Because I've flown the PC. I mean, the PC-12 is a really nice plane. That was my first like big boy plane that I got to fly after it became a CFI. Yeah. So I was... A CFI got hired onto this company out of North Las Vegas, and they hired me as an FO slash CFI. So they kind of dangled that carrot in front of me and said, hey, you want to fly the PC-12? Well, you got to be an instructor for us. So I did that. They had a horrible, or I don't know if they still have it, it's a horrible Aero 4 for a trainer. Mm. I was like, why do we have an Aero 4? It's a horrible, it's more of a commercial aircraft. So it was really hard to introduce new pilots to this plane because now this thing has a comp you know has a uh, uh constant speed prop and all these other things that you have to do so i thought it was and and just how it handled personally for me it was super heavy on the controls i don't know have you ever flown an arrow four i have not no it's really heavy on the controls and it was so it's easier to land in a 175 than it is landing that damn thing i believe it it's horrible so i didn't like it but, yeah, but anyways, it was. Uh, it, 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 I flew the PC twelve. It was really cool that because of the trailing link landing gear on the PC twelve, landings were super smooth. So you could slam that thing on the runway, and you know passengers be like, "Wow, that was a great landing." <laughs> That's a plane I'd like to fly. Yeah, it's a nice plane. Like if I were to win the lottery, I'd get a PC twelve, maybe a jet. Uh, but anyways, PC twelve is good. You got plenty of cargo room. It's not the fastest. Turboprop, uh, the TBM is faster. Yeah. It's a smaller one, but it's got the same engine. It's a really nice plane. Mm-hmm. And then the PC-24, it, it was nice. It was just basically like a PC-12. Um, however, it had jet engines, no no APU. We always got conf- we always got confused. They, they thought we were a Phenom 300, but I'm like, nope, <laughs> fuck, it's got a cargo door. But then I came to SkyWest and I started flying the 175. Yeah. Mwah! Beautiful plane. I love it. Yes. So... Uh, speaking of planes, I know you're currently in training and you're almost done. You told me there was just some 
uh, paperwork stuff you have to get done. Yeah, you're currently so, training in the triple seven. That's right. Yeah. Oh my so, god. Well, actually, te- on a technicality, I am done with training. Um, oh. And I'm in the period of time. Well, I don't know if you consider IOE training or not. I guess. I guess one you could Techni- argue that, technically but, um, it should. Technically, it is. Technically, IOE is training. Okay, then in, in that yeah. case, I am still in training. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because you got to get that LCA, that line check airman to sign you off. Otherwise, you have to get more, you know, more air, more more time. So IOE, True. it is technically still technically training. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I finished. I took the uh, the check ride a couple months ago. Um, the whole training itself lasted about a month and a half. Um, but okay. Dude, this triple seven has been uh, really fun to fly. It's honestly one of the reasons I picked it is because it's just a bigger Embraer 175. <laughs> yeah, I heard. Yeah, that, so, I've um, talked to triple uh, seven pilots that came from SkyWest that flew the 175, and they say this is pretty much the 175. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just with bigger screens. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so wait, which one has bigger screens? Oh, the triple seven. Really? How many yeah. screens does it have? It has, uh, well, uh, five, six, if you're counting all of them. Okay, so you got five across and then one below, right? Like in the kind of the center? Yep. Okay. And does, is the center one just for checklists? We mainly use it for checklists. You can use it for other things too, like maintenance items and stuff. Okay, that's cool. And now, what's the, so what's one system of the 777 you're impressed by? Um... I do like that the uh, the rat does not have any um, does not have uh, like a certain envelope that limitations that we need to have memorized. It'll work, you know, at any altitude and airspeed that the uh, normal that the triple seven is normally flying in. Okay, and so for makes- those that don't know, <laughs> and for those that don't know, the rat we call it a rat is a ram air turbine. That's right. So this is little propeller that just kind of sticks out of the plane in case of an electrical failure, and it provides AC power to the airplane, so we can still fly the aircraft or at least power our batteries, so we can fly the aircraft. So it's a kind of an abnormal source of AC power for the airplane. Is that kind of the same use for the uh, in the triple seven for the rat is for just electrical emergencies? Electrical and hydraulic. It'll actually power both. Oh, wow. Yeah. Is it? Not in the 175, I don't think. It's just electrical. There's no yeah. hydraulic. Um, actually, standby. No, it does. I think it does power s- the three system three, I think, in the Ember, now that I remember. I have yeah, memory so. dumped all that information, so <laughs> I'm not going to be able to help you. <laughs> New type rating yeah. means the old type yeah, rating goes out I know. the window. <laughs> I feel you. People ask me about the PC-12, and I'm like, hey, what was the like, usual cruise speed in that thing? I'm like, I don't remember, man. I have no idea. <laughs> yeah. If I were to get in there, I probably wouldn't be able to fly it. I'm sure it'll, you know, it'll come back to me, but I have no idea. All those technical stuff, brain dumped. Yeah. Um, you have to. So, just, there's just so much information yeah, you need to learn. There is so much information, and it's it's overwhelming. <laughs> yeah, I know. So that's that's crazy. One thing I've heard about the triple seven is that they're easy to land. What? Do you, how do you say? What do you say about that? Um, well, I haven't flown the actual airplane yet, um, but mm. from the simulator, um, you know, with the uh, with the altitude callouts, I. It landing is kind of all the same, I would say. You know, some uh, might argue or not agree with me, but um, if you're just following the altitude callouts, 
with like how much you should pull back and how quickly, um, then it doesn't change the landing that much. Yeah, it's not like and landing big, at Cessna one seventy two when you're looking. Oh, outside definitely not. To judge how definitely not. Yeah, no, that's that was my biggest thing when I was uh, going through training for the one seventy five. I would flare. And that was my biggest problem is I would flare the airplane because I wanted to stall it above the ground, just like you do when, you know, with a 172 or most general aviation aircraft. And they're like, do not flare because you're already coming (laughs) in with it. You're already coming in with a flare, like of like almost eight, like five to eight degrees of flare. Yeah. So if you flare anymore, you're going to tail strike it. So the technique in in a jet is to actually add thrust to reduce your rate of descent. That's about it. But if you're in the same, like in our Sims, they're pretty accurate or full motion simulators. Overall, I think they're not as accurate as the actual plane, but I would say they're probably between 80 and 90% accurate as far as the feel and everything because... I would say that, yeah. Because people come in into recurrent training and they say they're so used to the aircraft and they come in the sim and they're like, this doesn't land the same. And you're like, yeah, yeah, to a certain degree. So I I, I agree with that. Well, you're going to have to come back now when you have like maybe 100 hours or so in the plane and then you can tell us all about it because <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm all about that. Scoop. Yeah, because I really it's it. I remember when I was a kid, like either the triple seven or the seven four seven. That's what I wanted to fly. That was like my dream plane. And now it's becoming more like, oh, I want to I want to fly the Dreamliner. No, I had the option. I had the option to fly the seven four seven and really narrowly gave it up. It was it was a hard decision for me to make. Yeah, really? What was what was the uh, why did you decide not to go and fly the queen of the skies? Um, I think. For a couple of reasons. One is that I knew that the 777 was going to be an easier transition for me coming from the Embraer 175. Okay. Very similar plane to fly. Um, And so just the fact that the training was going to be a little bit easier kind of helped out. But also, you know, you hear that uh, these all these 747s are getting... Um, decommissioned by all these airlines um that's true just because it's slowly becoming an older an older aircraft each day you know right um, and now if we, if we didn't mention it uh daniel's going to be working for a cargo company flying the triple seven uh but i feel like i don't know if it's the same hmm, i don't know if I, if it's safe to say that i think the only reason and I think it's safe to assume this, that the only reason why the 747 is still alive is because of cargo companies. Probably. Yeah. Yeah. So I think, and now I think Atlas Air took the last of the 747s ever built just recently too. They took delivery of a 747-8. And I think they're going to be around for a long time. Yeah. So. Yeah. The cargo, cargo companies can just make a lot more use of the ginormous amount of space in the plane than like passenger airplanes usually can, you know? Yeah. So yeah, it yeah, makes yeah. sense. Yeah. That's great. You know, so let's talk about your experience because when you came through training at SkyWest, it was your first airline job. So what was your expectation when you, uh, when you came into training? Oh man. Um, you know, <laughs> I didn't know much, but I what I did know and what was repeated to me was that, you know, f- training was going to be like drinking through a fire hose. Oh, training is going to be like drinking through a fire hose over and over again. That's yeah. all I heard, and that's what I expected. And, you know, people weren't wrong. Um, it was very intense in a very short period of time. You know, we had times when 
we'd get up super early at like six in the or five or six in the morning, go to class, go back to the hotel, study all night until it was time to sleep, and then repeat. Uh, but then we we would also have days like after we passed some of the tests where we kind of weren't doing anything, and then we had the entire day to watch ourselves. So it was a very much like a hundred percent, give a hundred and ten percent, or give like ten percent. It was like all or nothing um, throughout training, right? Um, uh, but it was it was a really cool experience, um, very unique, and uh, glad I went through it. I definitely learned a lot. Now, what was your what do you think was the most challenging portion of training? Um, <clears throat> the I think for me the most challenging part was just systems systems class and memorizing all all of the systems that there were to know um i think flying an aircraft comes maybe a little bit more naturally to me or i just enjoy it more so you're just um, a natural bob I'm Hoover, aren't you? yeah i'm more excited to put in the effort and um yeah, but systems class is just memorizing numbers and what the plane can and can't do. Um, just takes a little bit more energy and effort from me. So that was probably the hardest. Okay. For me, when I went through training, I think maneuvers, well, I, would, I won't say the systems, the systems portion of it wasn't hard. But I feel like where I really, where I really felt the heat was in maneuvers training. Yeah. Because I felt like we had to be proficient in the maneuver like literally an hour after we were taught how to do it. Yeah, honestly. Oh, man, it's back PTSD. Yeah, so I went through maneuver. It was fun, but the fact that we were being evaluated was made us stressful because for me, it was also my first airline job. And yeah. I felt like I don't want to screw it up because obviously I don't want to end up on the street without a job or a failure or whatever. But in retrospect, the maneuvers themselves were awesome because you get to train on stuff you never get to or you hoping that you never have to do. Engine failures, V1 cuts, you know, single engine approaches, CAT2 approaches, all this stuff that you typically don't do on the line because in normal airline operations is just pushing back from the gate, taxiing to the runway, taking off, landing at your destination and going back to the gate. That's what you hope all operations are like. Yeah. So for me, maneuvers was definitely definitely the hardest portion my my sim partner got sick just how much stress he was under <laughs> so oh, he literally got sick and he he got we got separated during maneuvers training and he had to he ended up going to st louis and i stayed in salt lake and what was um i guess a, a blessing in disguise was that my instructors became my sim partner i guess they couldn't find a seat sub for me so my instructors became my sim my uh my sim partners Wow. And uh, loft for me was that was the most fun. I I really enjoy loft because that is like you kind of put everything together. You're like and that's applying really, what you learned, yeah. Mm-hmm. You applied everything exactly, and then once you get to the line or IOS, when you start doing the whole correlation, you know, of uh, level of learning. So that was really cool. So I really enjoy that. But yeah, systems and um. So what would you, um, what tips would you give to other? Uh, other pilots going through their first airline uh, airline job training? You probably just need to take good notes is actually probably one of my, my biggest tips um, because I can't tell you how much taking detailed notes really saved me 
later on through training where I was like, oh, you know, I would get quizzed on like a small topic and I, because I took good notes, I knew not only had written it down, but I knew exactly where to find it very quickly. Um, okay. So. so that's probably one of them. And just studying, you know, make sure you're studying enough and, but sleeping enough and eating enough. <laughs> so. Yes. That's very important. So any, so this whole week, uh, I've been teaching ground. So I'm in systems class right now and I'm teaching that class. So I, I started with day one and I'm going through day five. So I'm only teaching the first week of systems. And the first day we talk about CRM human factors and expectations. And I always tell students that we need to make sure that yes, studying is important, but you also have to give yourself enough rest because the yeah. law of readiness, right, is not only about being ready, studying, but also taking care of your physiological needs. Yeah. So sleeping, getting exercise. And Logan Phipps, the director of training at SkyWest, came in and talked to the students. And he reiterated what I said, which is get rest, get sleep, exercise, eat, and blah, blah, blah. So it's super important, especially when you're going through training or 121 training, to make sure that you take care of yourself. That yes, yeah. you're studying, but don't just study because you're going to hit a wall. And actually today, what I noticed when I came in the morning, I said good morning to everybody. And I'm pretty boisterous when I come in and I go, hey, good morning. You know, and everyone was just like dead. And they're like, and I was like, well, you guys seemed a little bit ch- like chipper yesterday. That's one and of my said, favorite yeah, qualities about you, by the way, is how, how excited <laughs> you are all the time. Oh, I try. But there's days that I'm just like hitting my head against the wall. Uh, today was today was one of them. I was like, I told you guys this like several times and I stomped my foot. Why aren't you guys listening? But they were, um, they told me they hit was like one of the students. I was like, is it normal to feel like your brain is melting? I'm like, that's the goal, you know? And it's just because, you know, we, you're doing right. You're doing okay. Is just make sure that you take the time off and just shut down your brain. Go watch some Netflix. Go and laugh idiotically on TikTok. It doesn't matter. Just shut down. I recommend students to stay or do all their studying in the building. Yeah. And then once they go to their hotel rooms, just like shut down. You know, like just call it a day. Exactly. Uh, because the more you put in there, you you have to give your brain the time to process all this information. And if you don't, it's just you're going to just hit a wall. And you, I start seeing students making like mistakes by week two. You start seeing uh, students making mistakes that you know they wouldn't regularly make, and I was like, okay, there's the wall. Then you can see it. Yeah. So it's really it's really cool to see it from an instructor's perspective that you can see that oh wow, like they're 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 reaching their limit. So yeah. it's kind of fun for me. That's good advice. Um, I will ask you though, do you think um, having you know a good sim partner makes a difference uh, to throughout your own training um, when you're going through airline training? Definitely. Definitely. So everyone's today, uh, I'm sorry, in this, this class, they have one captain. Yeah. So whoever's paired up with this captain, they are lucky because this captain uh, or captain upgrade, I should say, is familiar with the operations of the company already. So they are a great resource, great resource. So it's, um, it's a sim partner can either drag you a little bit or they can help you out tremendously. I've seen students where one of the sim partners is just is struggling hard. I have one student right now that he has absolutely no idea what he's doing with the MCDU. The MCDU yeah. is a in-flight in computer for those that the don't little, know. Little box computer thing. The little box, yeah. And 
he admitted to me, he came up to me and he said, listen, I don't know. I'm struggling. I've never flown anything as advanced as this. Most of my stuff was just, you know, flying jump planes, you know, throwing people out of airplanes. (laughs) And this is just completely, I don't know what this is. And on top of that, I have to, he's not very technologically savvy. So he's really struggling. And his same partner came up to me afterwards and he said, I don't know what to do. You know, he's, he's leaning against me too much. You know, he's leaning, you know, on me for a lot of stuff and I don't know what to do. And I said, well, you can help as much as you want to the limit because I know you have to go through this yourself. He's, he's very sharp. This guy's very sharp. His same partner is, but the other guy, he's struggling a lot and I'm going to try to help him out as much as I can, but there's only so much we can do for a singular student Yeah, because then it gets the realm of, you know, favoritism, you know, so we can help out as, you know, a little bit, but definitely, yeah, sim partner can definitely help you out if they're really sharp or if you have a, a, a captain upgrade in your class. Pick them because they'll be number one seniority. So you'll get the best the bid line for your Sims. So that's that's my so I think so. Yes, the Sim partner is very important. I will say though, it is doable even if you're paired with someone struggling. Don't think it's Absolutely. like the end of the world. Absolutely. Um, and I, I think I was gonna say I was paired <clears throat> back when I was going through a training at Sky West, I was paired with someone and they actually failed their check ride uh, the first <gasps> time. No and, way. Yeah, and they were struggling all throughout. Um um but I I was uh, able to pass my check ride and you know it so it is doable um, even though it might be a little bit harder and it definitely is and I think that you should communicate with your instructors when you're going through training because that's the important thing is you have to communicate you have to let them know hey I'm struggling and if you can communicate that with us we will be more accommodating to you and say okay let's sit down and give you additional resources or suggest worst case scenario. I haven't seen this happen, but I've heard it being discussed about possibly pulling you from the class and rolling you into another one so you can start again. That could be a possibility. Again, exter- yeah. ex- what is it? What's the word I'm looking for? Extenu- extenuating, extenuating circumstances. Extenuating, extenuating circumstances. circumstances. Thank you. There you go. So yep. <laughs> you know we would we we're, because we want you to pass. It takes a lot of company money to put a student through training. So we can get you. Mm-hmm. We can get you through on the first time go. It's better for you and the company. So we're not there to like try to, you know, fail you. We try and we set a standard. You know, we have standards through our AQP program or advanced qualification program, but we're there to help you out. So communication, very important. Yeah. So now what would you what what would you do different in your career thus far? Do you think you would do something different? Um That's a very good question. I uh, you know, overall, I'm very satisfied with kind of how my career has gone. Um, I haven't had any major hiccups along the way. Uh, I, probably the biggest hiccup, honestly, was um, my private pilot certificate took me like a year and a half to get done, which is like slightly more than the average. Damn. But even then, I'm not complaining. <laughs> I, I got you beat, man. You know how long it took me to get my private pilot's license? Uh, two and a half years. 17 years. <laughs> 17 years yeah <laughs> right. yeah i started in 2002 um, <laughs> and and then i took a break as i couldn't afford it and the, the whole 9-11 thing and i was kind of disillusioned and then i i finally picked it up back in 2016 wow yeah you definitely have me beat just by a little bit yeah just a little bit yeah <laughs> well that's really but, cool um, so I, I think um and, you know and there's some programs out there where you can knock out all of your c- certificates within 
like just a couple years or something, you know, something really crazy just by paying money up front. Um, mm-hmm. And are you talking about ATP or something? ATP, yeah. Um, actually, that's the only one I kind of know right now. But, uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, but those programs, you know, I've always considered, you know, would it have been better just to go through that program to to start you know, instructing earlier, to get to the airline earlier? Um, but you know, then your train, your quality of training um, is, is sacrificed a little bit. Um, so that's always been kind of a debate that I've had. But overall, I'm pretty happy with kind of the progress of my flight training and my career so far. And there you have it, folks. That concludes part two of three of episode six, my conversation with my friend Daniel Sims. Upcoming is going to be our chat regarding the trends in aviation, more specifically about the close calls that have been happening over the past few months and how the FAA is trying to get ahead of the aircraft here to prevent any serious incidents or fatalities from happening in our national airspace system here in the United States. Thank you once again for being part of the show, Daniel. Thank you for my listeners and my supporters for being here, spending some time with us, and I'll see you on the next episode. See ya! The statements made on the show are my own opinion and do not necessarily reflect those of my employer.